Please sit down. Please, as you turn in your Bibles to page 973, page 973, it's Matthew chapter 8, and then over into Matthew chapter 9, page 973, Matthew 8, and we're going to pick it up from verse 23. Let's pray. Father, we've just been singing words of great confidence that those who put their trust in you and set out on that journey of following you can be sure that you will keep them, keep us, protect us until that day when we meet Jesus face to face. And so, Father, as we come to your word, as we think about our own lives and where we are in our relationship with you, for those of us perhaps who are struggling particularly, you will speak to us and encourage us For those of us who need to be challenged, the Father, that you will do that. And for all of us, we may grow in our confidence that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And so trust in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk tonight about some things that if you're not a follower of Jesus, can stop you from ever following Jesus. They'll put you off. Or if you are a follower of Jesus, you'll think as you experience some of these things, they can make you feel that you just can't make progress as a Christian, that you get overwhelmed by these things, you feel you've got stuck, and some of you may just decide you want to give up. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, three things, the kinds of things that can overwhelm us because we can't control them, we feel powerless, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, Any one of these could be something that will stop you following Jesus. And if you are a follower of Jesus, it it can really make a mess of your Christian life and perhaps make you feel you want to give up. Let's have a look at them. First one is this. It's events. It's things that happen over which we have no control. The second one is people. And the third one is ourselves. Events. Things that happen outside of ourselves that we can't control. Number two, people. And number three, you, me, ourselves. Let's take the first one. Let's take events. Let's take those things that can happen that we have no control over. I was uh, out kayaking on Friday on Sydney Harbour and it was beautiful. And, and we left Clontarf and it was really flat sun was shining. I couldn't see any sharks. I was so pleased. And then we got around to that little headland uh, before, you know, the faces, the heads, and uh, it begins to get a bit choppy there. And then we headed across the little manly, and it got a bit more choppy. And it was okay, but it reminded me that even on the harbor, being in a kayak can be really dangerous. The sea can be incredibly unpredictable. And it reminded me of just how fragile life can be. Things that at one moment can be so beautiful that we can enjoy in nature can turn and actually are able to take our life. The tsunamis of life can overwhelm us. And I guess it's something like that that's going on in this first incident here 
in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. Here are the disciples with Jesus, and uh, they've been on one side of the lake, and now they're heading to the other side of the lake, and, and there Jesus is going to do some stuff. And in verse 24, there's a great storm comes up. And it's a really scary storm. These people who are in the boat with Jesus are fishermen. So they're not just weekend sailors. These people know the lake. They know <coughs> excuse me. They know how unpredictable it can be. Not just unpredictable, but just how powerful and dangerous the lake can be. And so there is a real possibility they're not going to get to the other side of the lake. And, and, and so they, they go to Jesus. Jesus, you'll notice, is asleep, and they call out and wake him up and say, save us, which I think means do something, you know, pull on an oar or get the bailer out or something like that. And uh, it's a really scary situation, and... Um, they realize that. And there's that sense, I think, that they don't think that Jesus understands just how serious this is. They could die. So Jesus, you need to get up and help us because just think of all those ministry opportunities that will be lost if we die. All those things that we could be doing for God we're not going to be able to achieve if we drown. So Please, can you do something? But actually, it's the disciples who don't understand and not Jesus. Do you notice that? Look at what Jesus does. First of all, he deals with the disciples before he does anything else. Verse 26, why are you so afraid? And I can imagine the disciples thinking to themselves, and I know it's not in the text, but I can imagine the disciples thinking to themselves, Jesus, I, is there something wrong with you? I, I, I mean, just look at the waves. Uh, have you seen how the boat, is, the boat is tilting and shaking and how the waves are coming over? We are terrified. We think we might drown. But then look at how he goes on. Why are you so afraid? You of little faith. You see, there's something really important the disciples don't understand. And you get that from what happens next. Look at what Jesus does. He speaks to the weather. He tells the weather off. He rebukes it. Like the weather has been a very, very naughty boy. And suddenly, a great storm is replaced by a great calm. And then you get the reaction of the disciples, which is, they are amazed. I, how did he do that? I, how does that work? He just spoke to the weather, and he stopped. Uh, only God can do things like that. So who's this guy in the boat? They are amazed. 
What is it the disciples should have known, and what do we need to know? Well, it's this. Jesus has the power over anything and everything. Any event, any circumstance, he has the power over it, and he can prevent those things from destroying you. So so let me put it like this. If you're in the boat with Jesus, <laughs> by that I mean if you're a follower of Jesus and so you're in Jesus, if, you're, if Jesus is in you, with you, in your life and you're with him, then if a storm blows up that threatens to swamp you and wreck your life, Jesus has the power to stop it. So if you think your life is being overturned, you're not going to be able to follow him. Remember that Jesus has the power to stop it. That's what the disciples didn't understand. Jesus has the power over everything. So here's the good news. If you find that something happens in your life that's really scary and overwhelming, if Jesus still has things for you to do as a follower of his, He's able to stop it. So just be relaxed. If he still has more for you to do, whatever's going on, then he'll deal with it. But but if he doesn't, well, that's fine as well because it means that you've achieved everything that he wants you to achieve. So if you're in a boat and there's a tsunami and you drown, that's fine. Because it means Jesus has already done everything that you've already done, everything Jesus wants you to do. So that's, that's cool, isn't it? Either way, Jesus is in control, you see. And the other thing, in the new creation, you'll never get swamped by a tsunami. You'll, you'll never be out on Sydney Harbour and tipped over and eaten by a great white. It's not going to happen in the new creation. So you can just chill. Events. Jesus has the power over anything and everything. So you can trust him. Here's the second one, people. 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 There are some people who are just great, aren't they? You you get a Facebook message or a text message from somebody and you think, wow, great. Especially when it comes in a maths lesson. You know, and you think, isn't that that just so good? I just, this person just makes my day. And there are people who are like that, aren't they? They make you smile. They're great friends. they're, They're just wonderful. And then there are other people. You just have the ability to wreck your day. (laughs) And you think sometimes that if only everybody was like me, the world would be a much better place, wouldn't it? I I mean, it would be so much more fun. And sometimes you can get to the stage where you have this checklist of people you'd just like to see move to New Zealand or something. (laughs) But actually, frustrating as some people can be, there are some people in the world who are truly evil. 
and they are capable of so messing up your life, preventing you from following Jesus, preventing you from starting to follow Jesus, seriously wrecking your life. And that comes out of evil intentions. A bit like these two demoniacs in verse 28. They are both, do you notice, evil and powerful. And they come out of the tombs. That's where they live. It's the place of the dead. It's, it's not where the living should live. It's a place associated with darkness and evil. And that's where they come from. And as Jesus and his disciples land on the shore, these two demoniacs come to him. And by the way, they're not coming to have a nice conversation with him. This is, this is a violent, hostile approach. Notice verse 28. They were so violent that no one could pass. They made that area unsafe because they were both evil and powerful. Some people have the ability to destroy your life because they're evil and they're powerful. I, um, I, I can imagine the disciples. I, I remember these people are evil. There are two of them. And they've scared the other people away. And I can imagine the disciples saying, uh, Jesus, I, I know there are 13 of us, and there are only two of them, but the storm finished just a little while ago. It's all calm. Do you think we could get into the boat and go back. I, I know the stuff that you want to do over here, but have you seen those pigs? I wonder if that, is this need turning off or something? It's just echoing a little bit. Is that, it's not that. Right. I, 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 I know you've got stuff to do over here, but have you seen the pigs over, over there? Uh, pigs are not nice. They're, 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 in fact, yeah, I, this is not a nice place. So can, can we just Go to the other side. Sometimes we'll be confronted by people who want to wreck our lives because they're both powerful and they're evil. And if that doesn't happen to your life, you just read about what's happening or watch the TV to what, about what's happening to other people across the world. Christians who are facing death because they're followers of Jesus because evil people want to kill them the followers of Jesus. Look at what happens. If you uh, pick it up from verse 30, uh, there's a large herd of pigs feeding and the demons beg Jesus that uh, he'll send them because they recognize who Jesus is. They recognize his power. They recognize that he has the authority to destroy them. And they asked to go in the pigs. I think they're hoping to escape destruction. But actually, that's not what happens, is it? They go into the pigs, and the pigs run into the lake and are destroyed. They don't escape. Jesus destroys the evil. Um, some of you might have a soft spot for pigs. <laughs> Some of you, you know, you, you love those intellectual films like Babe. And, uh, you know, so you think of pigs and they're cuddly and nice. 
You need to understand that a first century Jew thinking about pigs would think about at least two things, and that they go together. Jews weren't to eat pork, but the, de- the, the, the pigs had a kind of spiritual message as well. They were associated with evil, with darkness, with the demonic. And so when Jesus allows the demons to go into the pigs, and then these pigs are destroyed along with the demons, it's like Jesus is cleansing the land. For the Jews watching that, they see these pigs that speak of spiritual darkness leaving and being destroyed. So here's the lesson for us. If people oppose you and make life difficult for you out of evil intentions, if there are evil people who are coming into your life, remember that Jesus has the power to deal with them so you can chill, can't you? I don't want to be flippant about this, but so don't take it the wrong way, but you know, if you're captured by ISIS and they threaten to kill you unless you convert, Jesus has the power to stop them. He has the power maybe even to convert them so they become believers in Jesus. Jesus has the power over evil. So if you're captured by ISIS and Jesus still has more for you to do, you'll get out. But the other side is kind of cool as well. If you get killed because you're a follower of Jesus, then you've already done everything that Jesus wants for you. And in the new creation, nothing evil will ever come in at all. So, events, people. And lastly, sometimes you and I are the problem. We're the problem. There are issues very deep within us that have never been addressed. And actually, even though we may not be fully aware of it, they're preventing us from following Jesus. They're wrecking our life. Sometimes the problem is you or me. So take this man here in chapter 9. He's uh, been brought by his friends because he's paralyzed. Verse 2. But you notice Jesus' really strange reaction. Here's this paralyzed man. And, and Jesus says to him, son, your sins are forgiven. And I, I imagine the friends who brought this man because they've heard about Jesus healing people. And notice it says they had faith because Jesus sees their faith. They believe that he can heal their friend. And I can imagine thinking, Jesus, um, did we not make this clear? I... I, I I had you not noticed, just in case you hadn't noticed, our friend cannot move. Why are you saying your sins are forgiven? But again, Jesus sees something that perhaps they don't see. 
It's not just that this man needs to be healed, that something needs to be dealt with him inside. His guilt, his sin. It may have been hanging around for a very long time, but Jesus is aware of it. You see, sometimes the things that present are not the real issue. If you looked at that man, you would have thought his big problem was that he was paralyzed. But Jesus recognizes that there is another problem that's a bigger problem. And unless that's resolved, even if he gets up and walks, he's still in a mess. His guilt needs to be dealt with. Not just that imagined guilt, but real guilt. Something deep within him. Sometimes we do similar kinds of things, I think. We imagine if only Jesus would deal with this particular thing or that particular thing, put that right, heal my gammy leg or whatever. Well, he might because he has the authority to make people walk. Well, sometimes there are deeper issues that need to be dealt with that unless they're addressed, we won't follow Jesus or it will mess up our following of Jesus. And Jesus has the authority to forgive sins, verse 6. And he sees those things inside us that need dealing with. And if we're willing to let him deal with them, he'll bring forgiveness to us. He'll deal with the things that maybe have never been dealt with, the things that are just hidden, that nobody else knows about, but Jesus knows about. And he can bring forgiveness. So Jesus says, so that you know that I've got, the Son of Man has got authority to forgive sins, get up and walk. So three things that can wreck us where we feel powerless. Number one, circumstances, events. Secondly, people. And thirdly, we can be the problem. So how should we respond? Well, our responses can mirror the kinds of responses that people have here and that we read about. First of all, there's the disciples. So when Jesus deals with the storm, it says that they are amazed. How? How did he do that? I, 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 I thought he just spoke. But the storm stopped. They're amazed. It's really good to be amazed by Jesus. It's a great thing. It's fantastic. So if you've read the Bible or heard people talking about Jesus and you say, Jesus is just amazing. That's wonderful. It's a great thing. But it won't get you very far if you're only amazed by Jesus. Some people are just impressed by him. They're amazed. He's extraordinary, but it never goes beyond that. Second reaction would be like those people on the other side of the lake. So Jesus deals with these two demoniacs and he gets rid of the pigs and then the news travels. And do you notice what happens? At the end of that section, in verse 34 of chapter 8, the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave. Some people do that with Jesus. 
I, I don't want you to come near my life. I, I, I'm maybe a bit scared about what you'll do in my life. So you just go away. Don't come near. Amazed by Jesus. Sending Jesus away. Or there's the religious leaders, these scribes, these uh, lawyers, religious people in chapter 9 and verse 3. They accuse Jesus of blasphemy because when Jesus says your sins are forgiven, they say, you're saying what only God can say. And so that's blasphemy. You're speaking God's words that only God has the authority to speak. How dare you? And so clearly they don't want anything to do with Jesus because he's evil. He's bad. He's a bad influence. Don't have anything to do with him. And some people treat Jesus like that. I don't think you'd be good for my life. I don't think having you involved in my life, Jesus, will make it better. It will make it worse. So I don't want anything to do with you. And then there's the last response. You see it in those friends who bring their paralyzed man in verse 2. Jesus saw their faith. He saw their trust. They believed Jesus could do something for their friend. And you get a glimpse of it in the crowd. After Jesus has healed the man, in verse 8 of chapter 9, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and praised God. It's that positive response that's important. The response of faith, of trust. Being amazed by Jesus is great. Seeing what he's doing is fantastic and being impressed. But at the end of the day, it's that willingness to trust him. And you're trusting the one who has power over everything. And so whatever happens in your life, you know that truly you're safe. And he has the ability to be able to deal with even when evil comes into your life. And he can deal with the mess inside as well. But you need to trust him. Trust your life to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this reminder of Jesus and his power. And Father, sometimes we find it really hard to trust you and to trust that if we give our lives to Jesus and follow him, that our lives will go be changed for the better. Father, it's hard to trust sometimes. Father, please help us to see just how amazing Jesus is. But how we can trust our lives to him and be confident that whatever happens, we are safe with him. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.